Hello and welcome to the Killian Brady Performance Podcast, where we discuss everything you need to take your GEA performance to the next level. On this week's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Luke Towie, who has just signed for the Gold Coast Suns in the AFL. We discuss Luke's journey from playing with Sligo, ultimately to progressing to getting his professional contract out in Australia. So, just let's get straight into it. So Luke, thanks a million for coming on the podcast. Why don't you just tell the listeners a bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, of course. So I'm uh, I'm from Sligo originally. Um, my club is St. Melosh Gales in Grange. Just on the border there between um, Sligo and Donegal. Um, I suppose I played I played most of the way up at the county teams. You know, I started started in in, in Melosh Gales. You know, playing there underage, and then got called into under under fourteen development panel with Sligo and kind of played the whole way up there. Um, under sixteen. Um, I played two years of minor, um, first year minor, um, around wing back and second year minor, I was around centre forward. Um, then I had two years with the 20s, the first year I was um, playing around wing back there as well. And then um, the, 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 this year, just gone, I was the first, the first half of the year, I was, I was in with the seniors playing league. Um, and then I decided to go down to the 20s and, and play down there, play my own age group. And um, in the midst of all that going on, the whole thing with Australia was going on so I uh, I was in Australia twice this year with that so that kind of integrated into the whole thing and it threw a few things off in terms of football with my club and county and things like that but uh, well, that's the way it worked out so far. So you had a busy year, you had playing, started off playing with the seniors, playing with the under 20s and then I to Australia twice all in the last 12 months. Yeah, yeah so- all in the last 12 months, not even 12 months, it's been, it's been probably about eight months in terms with all that happening at once you know from January till now. It kind of that's I was out in Australia in April, out in Australia in August, and then I suppose the league with the county starts around February time. Then I I had Sigerson as well. I was playing Sigerson with DCU this year, um, you know, so it kind of all piled into one. Um, and in the club, of course, at the league, I didn't get playing any championship with the club because of the whole thing went on. But it's just a lot kind of this year. But it kind of it worked out well. And bloody sure it is a lot. That's a hell of a lot. So what did you now Luke? Twenty? Yeah, just turned twenty. Just turned twenty. Yeah. Just gone twenty. So I suppose one of the main questions I suppose I have and everybody has when you hear someone going to Australia, especially someone so young, is how did the opportunity arise or how did you even get spotted for the opportunity to get a trial? Yeah, so as what I suppose when you're playing, you're not really aware of it going on. I suppose like I, I was this wasn't even in my mind. I the only time it really popped into my mind when I heard about Red Oak, you know, I would have been playing with Red Oak the whole way up and and I heard that he was going into the comic, so I just, I it did, I it still, I had no past, no heed of it ever until he kind of, kind of got brought into the system, and I was just kind of like, oh, that's really cool. So I kind of just playing away, playing away, didn't didn't read into it at all really. And what happened is, really, the lads, a man called Frank Duffy in particular, he's from Kildare. He he actually goes to about two hundred fifty games a year, going around spotting talent. And he's from Ireland, so it's crazy the people that are involved. So him, he goes, and there's a guy called Jared Sholly as well, and he comes over from Australia for a two or three weeks spell and kind of notes players. So as far as far as I've been told, I think it was the Connor final um, against Galway. I think it was 2017 or 18. It was my second year minor who got to Connor final, and I kind of got, I think I got noticed at that kind of small. They pulled Red Oak and a guy called Sean McLaren from Galway from that. And, and I didn't, but I was kind of noted. They kind of had, but I was to say my name, I suppose you could say. And then the next year we played with Scalman in the under-20s, my first year, under-20s. And it was about three weeks after that. 
that I got the call. I got a call. It was actually on a lad's holiday in Spain. And I got a call. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're to hear, but I got, a, I, got a, I got a call from a number and uh, I had a load of missed calls and I was kind of like, what's going on here? And I thought it was one of them call centres bringing me. And then uh, from an Australian number, you see. So I was yeah. like, I wasn't sure what was going on. And then um, I got a voicemail left on one of them and I was like, Jesus. I was like, they wouldn't really leave a voicemail unless they were very keen. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I, I rang it back. I obviously had no credit because I was out in Spain <laughs> and I, uh, I had no money either. <laughs> so I, uh, I rang and mom and said, oh, will you talk before me, me there? And I rang back and it was actually a man asked me, would, would I come in and do trials in UCD? So that's where we kind of bring a few players. So I think there's about 30 lads that go to these sessions, sessions with Marky Clark and um, Colin Begley. They kind of run sessions once, once every month. Okay, so I was going to them for a couple of months and just kind of getting you used to the ball. So I was, I was absolutely delighted to even get called in for that. And um, yeah, so that's kind of where it all started. And from there, I suppose, the whole story, I don't know if you want to talk about that yet, but that, that's kind of where it started. That whole, that whole process all started from there. So I started going to these sessions um, and from that, there was a combine held later on, in the, later on in the year. And I was lucky enough to be selected for that. They picked 27 lads that went out and done a, done a good bit of testing speed, agility, a bit of skill work, jumping, aerobic testing, everything. And from that, they picked four lads to go to Melbourne in April. And I was very lucky to get selected for that. Uh, and went out to Melbourne, kind of showcased in front of a few clubs. Um, and then, kind of, I was, it's a bit of a process from there. I've been waiting, I was waiting a while, April to around August time. And then I got the call from Gold Coast and asked me what I, what I come over and, do a trial for them and I was actually delighted obviously to do that so that's kind of where I am now. Of course, of course and I suppose just bringing it back down to even being brought in for a trial within Ireland is it something that you're conscious of when you're playing in these finals that there's an opportunity or a potential opportunity for something like this or is people your age aware that look going to Australia is a possibility? Yeah. Not everybody has, everybody's lucky enough or skillful enough to get it, but is it in people's mind that it's an opportunity that's out there? It was, I, to be honest, it was never ever in my mind until it got put in front of me. You understand? Do you get what I'm saying? So it was never a thing there, uh, I'm only playing getting football so I can go to the NFL. Like, I just played football because I loved it like, and I didn't want to play anything else. And yeah. It was never, ever, ever in my mind that I'd be going straight to the NFL, ever. Until I got brought in for the trials, and I'm kind of like that. If, if there's something to achieve, I'd love to try get it and do my best to get it. Mm. Um, and you know, it just worked out, and I was just lucky enough. I did put in the work for it, but I was I was lucky enough to to get it um, in the end. But no, to answer your question, no, I don't. I don't think. I know. I'm sure there's a few lads out there, but for me personally, I I never kind of said this is what I want in my head before yeah. it was put in front of me. You know, you know what I'm saying? Of course. Then when it was put in front of me. Then it was really in my head. Yeah. You know, I was kind of playing. I was, I was playing, and I was thinking, you know, this is there for me. Like, like, like I, I played football in there for whatever ten years. It's really, like, really hard. And like, this is one opportunity that if I just give a couple hard months to it and commit to it, if it works out, I'll be delighted. And if it doesn't work out, I have plenty more years to play football. So I said I just was going to give this year and things sacrifice because of that. You know, like the county and things like that. Probably they did sacrifice to get my club. But I just felt like I, I it was it was a really really tough decision for me. But I just felt I had to 
give it a go because I felt I'd regret it if I didn't. And I feel most people in my situation would have done the same thing. Oh, definitely, definitely. What you just mentioned there about putting in the work, when you get asked into a trial or, you know, as you said, to get used to the ball and get used to it, how do you prepare for something like that? You know, do you just kind of green? Or- yeah, yeah, you do go in green. You go in raw enough. Um, I suppose the only help, the minute I heard I was getting it, I was kind of on to Red Oak. Like me and him would have chatted a bit because we been playing together a little bit at that time. Yeah. And I went up to his house and, and I went up to his house and me and him kicked the ball for, for a while. You know, we, he showed me, he was, he was the first man to introduce me to it, funnily enough. I went up to his house and we went outside and I was brutal at it. And he was re, he was very good. Like So I was like, geez, I have a lot to learn here. And he was kicking it to me, banging my chest and I was struggling and even hand passing out hard. But I've come a bit from then because I so that I suppose that was the only bit I'd done. And then you go to these, you go to this trial and you're kind of looking around and you're like, Jesus. And then I suppose you look around and there's maybe 20% of the people there have been doing it a long time, you know. So I found 80% of people were at the same stage as me, you know, and you kind of that kind of puts you at ease a bit. And they're not expecting, and listen, all the coaches know when you're coming in, like they were like some Marty and Colin, when you're coming in, they know it's your first time. So I'm sure when they were kicking it for the first time, they can relate if they weren't expecting much. But it is all about practice. Like, I've been kicking it now for, you could say, I suppose it's about t- just 12 months now. Say 12 months gone there. Um, and I've been, yeah, I have improved, but I have a lot more to, to learn now and a lot more to improve on. But yeah, um, yeah no, like, I've been kicking it a good bit now. So, you know, I'm getting a bit better. But yeah, no, I suppose at the start, that's the preparation I had put in. It's for it, so not much. <laughs> someone at your, you know, level within the county, it must be hard and frustrating to go back to literally learning how to kick a ball again. Yeah, well, some lads disagree with that now. Some lads say I still can't kick a fucking round ball, <laughs> never mind an over, but, uh, I know. <laughs> but, uh, I know, yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. I get what you mean, yeah, it, it is, it is, it is different. Um, I, you're kind of, you're playing with your country, you're playing with your club and you're, you are, you're not at a higher level, but you're trying, you've been playing at a level that you can kind of bring that stuff back to your club mm-hmm. uh, and things like that. So when you go out here, I suppose it's the same again. I kind of go into situations like that, thinking that things that you can bring back and trying to bring in and raise standards in different places. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. When you go in there, you feel like a, you feel like a, a mouse versus an elephant, you know, you feel very small. Um, but, you know, you find, you, you realise that there's a lot of people in the same position as you can. You, kind of, yeah. you, you run with that then. Going ahead now and going back to when you actually got over there, so you got the trial, you got through, when you were saying about teams come and watch you, does that put added pressure on yourself when you're over there going, well, I need to try and impress you? Yeah, well, a lot of people have said that to me. A lot of people have, like, a lot of people have said to me, like, people have even said the risk with me, like the risk of going over here, the pressure and, I actually felt like I had nothing to lose. Do you know what I mean? Going over there, I not going over there. I actually not to lose. Um, so obviously, I really wanted it, and nearly the fear of not getting it would make me make me try to do it. Do you get what I mean? I just really wanted to prove to myself that I could do it because I felt I could do it. And I suppose I just wanted to go out and give it my best shot. Like I wasn't kind of saying I have to do this, have to do that. I just go out and try my best. That's kind of the way I went with it. And look, you know, look. It, it did. It went well for us. It went the four lads went there, and it went well for us all. Like we all did very well in, in kind of gave you did a place, which is good. But yeah, no, um, no, it, I, I, it, it did go well. Like it went well for all of us, and yeah, that's that's kind of the way it worked out with us in the end, you know. That's good, and I think the way you approach that, and I think anybody listening to this is 
such a good way of thinking about it. You're going out there, there's kind of two ways of looking at it. Oh, crap, I need to perform, I need to get a club, I need to do this. Or the way you just you have absolutely nothing to lose. You know, you're going out there, yeah. no club. Yeah. You know, it's not like you could lose yeah. No, be no further on or further behind yeah, no absolutely not and I did say like even going out there it was no matter what happened although I really wanted in the back of my mind for it to happen no matter what happened the experience would have been would have been like unbelievable you know it was an unbelievable experience no matter what happened so I was either going out there having a great experience something to come back and tell tell about and yeah. something to bring back to my club and my county and my college and university and things like that or I was either going to get it and go out, go out to Australia and try to pursue this so it ended up that I going out to pursue it and that's the way it worked out yeah brilliant brilliant way of looking at it when you're out there compared to what you'd be used to it say within Sligo to when you go out to the trials and the setup out there what's the biggest differences between out there and playing at a county level here yeah um, so one thing I noticed, and I, know, I don't know if this is what you're trying to get at, at all, um, but I suppose it nearly be unfair to compare Sligo and say a professional setup because it just it's a lot of it is kind of funded base and sponsor base and things like that. So I, I kind of maybe one thing that I noticed massively, and all three of us did, all four of us did when we were out there was the kind of the relationship between the team teammates and the players was like it's it's nearly over top, but it's kind of brilliant at the same time. We were doing a warm up, and you kind of go in lines. So maybe a line, say a line of five, and a line of five behind them. So it's like rows. So like the first five would go and do like a hamstring stretch, and on their way back, and on your way over there, like you'd be clapping hands at the end of the line and saying like, "Well done, well done, that's brilliant," and all this sort of stuff. Like it's like after absolutely everything you do, it's like a clap of the hands and shake hands and well done, and that's good, good boy, Lukey, and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, like. It's it, yeah. Do you know what? It's it's it is weird. It's at the start, you're kind of like, what is going on here? What are these? What's wrong with these lads? But because uh, we're we're just not used to that. We're just not yeah. used to that. But after a while, like when you start, you know, when you start making mistakes and someone's saying, oh, don't worry about it next one, you're kind of like, where's your man giving out to me for making a mistake? You know? Um, yeah. but like no one really, no one really. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't yeah. work with this. So the the mentality in terms of that is just completely different. Um, it's just every. It's nearly over the top, but I love the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you're going after training, and everyone is just around each other and clapping hands and getting in tight and everything. So that, that is that is just one of the biggest differences I know. It's kind of from the whole thing and the experience so far. And do you feel going out to that and that the environment that it is and the environment that creates it makes it a bit easier to bed in and settle in out there. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, no, I actually, actually do think it does. I feel some people might have a perception that um, the Australians are kind of the Australian sport people when you're when an Irish lad's going out, they might feel like, oh, this lad's just coming out of nowhere and going to try take my spot and all this sort of stuff. And um, now I'm sure there are people like that, but from what I've seen, it's the really opposite. Like they're welcoming you, they're bringing you in, they're they're treating you like one of them. They understand like that you're moving from the other side of the world to try pursue this, and they're nearly they're nearly like looking at you and they're like how the hell are you doing this yeah stand another country and just come over and start playing sport because they've played it the whole lives up so they're nearly impressed by it not that i can play it at the moment but you know what i mean like they're, they're 
be pressed at just that how is it how what sport do you play that is in any way similar to what we play and that you're able to do this I understand it a bit from that international rules the international rules was was i suppose they've, they've got a glimpse at that but like it's kind of that sort of way so they really like they really look after you and really like try to teach you things and like even i was kicking a ball out there and like an upgrade kick, kick the balls we kick the balls and seeing like what he'd what i'd be like nearly laughing as i was kicking and i kicked it and he says oh actually it's not that bad like you know so they're really kind of impressed by the whole thing and they've seen so many Irish go out there and do well so I suppose mm-hmm. Pierce Hanley's at the club on that as well so they're kind of used to him as well they've kind of seen what he's done so that's kind of the way that I've looked at it with them and that's the way I've felt from them to what the vibes they're giving off Yeah, that's like that for yeah. anybody especially someone so young going out to that like I don't know in a lot of county setups you know someone vice versa you know if it's not that culture it's very hard to bet in where a team environment isn't yeah. just all about the team, you know. So, like, it's great to be able to go over and just get joined up in that culture straight away. Do, yeah, the, do the lads over there understand, as you said, about the sport that you're playing? Do they understand where you come from, about GEA, what it's like, or any of that kind of stuff? Or do they just think you're... I, I honestly... I honestly don't think so, no. They, I, no, I actually don't think they do, really. They un- they obviously have an understanding that we're at some sort of level, but, like, I go to them, they couldn't get over get over that it's amateur. They yeah. are like, they could not get over that you don't get paid for it. Like, they're like, what? They just That's just completely different to them. Like, it's nearly abnormal. Um, so that's, they're kind of more, they're, they are interested in it, but they don't have much of an understanding. Like, I, I suppose I was only, I haven't been over there a crazy like time. I've probably been over there a cumulative of nearly a month, maybe three and a half weeks. But I was only at the club for a couple of weeks. So that was the only time I was really integrating with actual AFL players and AFL teams. I'm sure I'll figure out more and learn more as it goes on. And learn about the players, what their understanding is. They have a slight understanding because of Pierce being there of what Gaelic football is. But, uh, no, I don't think they have an understanding in terms of the kind of, the way it's a Gaelic football is kind of a, a professional sport at amateur level. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they have no understanding of that, the work that we would put in. And and uh, I've kind of explained to them the work we put in and they can't believe that we don't get paid for the training we do. Do you know what I mean? So that's kind of, that's their only understanding of it as far as I can see. Well, I think if you told them from, you know, in the last eight months, you were playing college football, under 20s, senior, and a bit of club, and then out to Australia. And it eight months yeah. to surely be thinking how is that amateur how can one person yeah. up so much and so much time and I'm um, like yeah absolutely. just looking here I just wrote down like that's four five things that you're going on around Gaelic football and yet it's still an amateur sport yeah yeah and then you have university and everything you know piled into that a university social like you know yeah. you have so many things to balance uh, out there uh, when you're when you're in Ireland like and like I remember saying when we were out in April I said to a lad that we had a game on Saturday and we had a game on Sunday a game with the county on Saturday and a game with the club on the Sunday and he was like what he was a physio in Australia and he was just like what the he was like that is crazy he says how are you not like falling apart and I says we are falling apart <laughs> I'm, I'm over here to get taped back up together yeah literally <laughs> Do when you're out there, does it feel professional? You know, like the kind of the whole setup. Do you kind of take a step back and go, you know, this is at a professional level, or yeah, kind of just 
another just average thing that you're going into. I know, absolutely. I find it does. It it does feel professional. Like you're kind of it's small, small things. Like like you you go in. I, I this is a silly thing now, but like I was even going in and I went into the dressing room and I was getting changed or whatever, and I pulled out sun cream out of my bag and one of the lads just goes, oh, it's all right, we have that here. Like, you don't need to be bringing sun cream. Like, I, that sounds silly now, but that just yeah. kind of shows kind of the, you know, the kind of stuff that is there for you. And like, something that, I know that sounds silly and that might sound stupid, but I was just kind of giving you kind of the small side of it. But then there's things like, you go into meetings, I was in meetings and there's a timer on the wall and it doesn't go past that. So, for example, we went into a meeting and it was everyone in the team and they go right forwards into that room and defenders stay in this room. So all the forwards went in and I stayed in with the defenders. And there was a timer on the wall of 30 seconds. And once it got to zero, everyone was quiet. And there was a timer for two minutes on the wall. And that's what your man spoke for about. He spoke for whatever he needed to talk about for them two minutes. And no longer, that's it. And then up, next room, cross. Just it's little things like that, you know. In fairness, in terms of, in terms of like preparation for training, normal enough it seems in terms of you just go into the gym before do your stretching band work normal that's i suppose that has come into football a lot though in the last while because going over to different content and um, so that is similar um but just in terms of then then little things like that little small things that that are fair enough that probably are pure money driven and fund and thing i'm sure if i if i'm sure if i went to dublin i'd probably be like this isn't this isn't much different do you know what i mean yeah but from what i can see and what i've experienced so far from what i've experienced so far it is you definitely do notice that you definitely do notice that it is a kind of a professional world and it is, it is different it is different like and i think and i know what you're saying it's, it's a small thing it is the sun cream is a really small thing but yeah. that's the small of a detail that they're going through they're like the lads gonna need sun cream obviously so yeah, not, yeah. you know yeah you don't need yeah. the expenses for buying sun cream um when you're playing and getting to know the rules and getting to know I suppose everything that you need to get up to speed when you're out there. How difficult is that? Um, I suppose I, I can, probably can only go by how difficult it will be because you know I've, I have done I have done a bit of skill work here and a bit of skill work out there. But once I get out there, I'm sure it'll be really kind of be focused on that. And um, I don't know. Look, I'm sure it'll be extremely difficult. But like it's from what I can see, from what I can see from the Irish lads and from listening to Pierce and Marty. Like you do pick up on it quick because it is very similar to Gaelic football. Um, kind of the athleticism of it is similar, and kick and catch game and running with the ball. Um, it is similar. I know the ball is different, but I haven't training with that. But I'm sure, like with anything, if you do it for three, four weeks, five days a week, like you're gonna get better at it. So you know, that's all I have to focus on, like day by day, focus on my different skills. I'm gonna have to do a hell load of extra sessions. Um, but you know, like. It has been done, and I suppose it's easier. It's, it's you hate to be the person that says you'll do something because someone else has done it, but you have seen other people doing it, yeah. and you know it's possible. So, you know, and um, yeah, no, I definitely it will be difficult, but like it's something I want to do, something I have you know, put a lot of time into, and something I will put a lot of time into when I get out there. So, yeah, no, that's that's probably the way I look at it at the moment. On a daily basis, I'm just what would. I know it's hard because you're not out there yet. But even when you're out there, yeah. what would a, an average day look like in professional sport? Yeah. Yeah. So, from what I've seen so far, because I did, when I went out for the 10 days, they were coming into the last week. So, I basically done everything they'd done leading up to a game. 
Yeah. Um, so we'll go. So on the Monday, be up. Safe day of the game. They had a game on the on the Sunday, on the Saturday. So they had Sunday off, and they got up Monday. They were in the club for about nine o'clock. They done uh, a a massage, like a massage day. Like they had a massage for the first hour, and then they got up. This is all in the club now. Got up, then went into the gym, done a bit of rolling or whatever, just mm-hmm. kind of loosened up a bit. Out onto the pitch, done a light touch session. So basically, more or less all handwork, all getting a feel for the ball again, nothing too strenuous. Then anyone who didn't play, anyone on the second team or, or that went out onto the pitch and they'd done a bit of a session, nothing crazy now, just kind of a bit of running. There was a bit of running, a bit of kicking, small bit, a small bit more than the other lads are doing. Then you go inside, you would uh, eat, some, eat some food, come down, after you eat your food, you do a gym session and basically the gym session is you do, you do your gym session, just get it done like you have one to do. So, there's no one kind of leading it. There's a lad in there now telling you what to do, but lads can really come in and finish it as they want to do it. So they go in, you do your gym session, then you come out. So you have to have your gym session done by a certain time, and yeah. then um, you're into meetings generally. So you'll be into meetings for a while. So from what I've heard so far, meetings do take up a good bit of day. So generally you'll be in, in the club from maybe eight in the morning till four or five in the day, most days, um, in pre-season especially. And then as it comes into the season, you kind of it kind of sways off a bit. I know in preseason you're you're off on the weekends and you're in Monday to Friday, uh, and then when it comes into the season, it's kind of the big workload is kind of gone, and you're kind of Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then a game. You know what I mean? But you're in the club most days, but one of the days might be eight until eleven or eight till twelve. You know, so that's kind of what I've seen so far, and that's the way it kind of works. You know, and I suppose when you term meetings. What is it just going through tactics? Is it talking about opposition, talking about team stuff? You know, is it just going through yeah, all the generic absolutely. kind of stuff? Yeah, it is generally all that stuff. So you might, you might, what, forward play, defensive play, what we done right last week, what we done wrong last week. That might split into groups of three or four. There's a video analysis rooms where lads can just go onto computers, click onto any game, any opposition game, any opposition player, and kind of watch what they've done, clips of them. And um, so you, lads kind of split into groups of like the three full backs might go into the room, turn on the computer and watch the lads that are marking what they've done in the last few games, you know, what they've done. Um, so th- that sort of stuff. So you have time to do that. So that might be consistent of the game. And then, you know, you might have a meeting and then might tell you to go watch some, uh, watch some tape or whatever. So that's, that's generally what the meetings would be as far as I can see so far. You know, when people say professional, I think, well, I do certainly forget that it's, as you say, eight to four or nine to five or whatever it is it's still you know it's still a job you're still going to work so it's not just a case yeah of, it's a nice one though long. nice one but <laughs> yeah yeah so <laughs> back to you how do you feel about packing up and heading off and starting this whole new venture yeah well i'm actually delighted to be doing it but i'm not i'm not, I'm not like i i haven't to be honest with you, it's why like just been so much going on. I haven't even had the chance to kind of think about it and process it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like I'm flying on Monday and I have it's furthest thing from mind. You know, I haven't even it doesn't even feel like I'm going anywhere. It's just we're only for the fact that my bags are being packed. Like, <laughs> but I, I'm back at Christmas supposed for two weeks, so that probably helps a bit. Oh, um, so it's going to be a six or se- yeah. So it's going to be a six or seven week stint, but. That's probably one of the reasons why it hasn't hit me as hard. But look, I'm absolutely excited. I'm so excited and I can't wait to get out and kind of get started with it, you know? Yeah, I don't blame you at all. And when you get out there, what will it be? Will that be 
pre will you be hitting pre-season you'll be starting with everybody else when they're coming back or will they be already in training when you get over there no I'm actually going out a week before everyone starts so I start we all start pre-season generally on the 4th the 4th um, so that's that's the day that everyone starts um, so I, I'll kind of have a week there to just do a bit myself with the strength conditioning coach or whatever just to kind of loosen up after the playing and then in straight in everyone at the same well I suppose they'll be They'll be well used to the heat and they'll probably be better conditioned than I will, I suppose. I have been on a program now the last eight, nine weeks, which I've been doing. But um, I'm sure they'll be in very good condition. But I have plenty of time to kind of get out there and adjust to the climate and things. And it'll take me a couple of weeks, months. Yeah. But uh, I know I'd say after a couple, hopefully after a couple of weeks, I'll be hopefully in good shape and will be well into it. Like the attitude you have around Everton, I know we are moving to Australia, but even people listening to this can take it in from their pre-season, from, you know, even a club level, it's the mindset you have going out where just, everything just seems to be looking forward with nothing to lose, going at it and seeing what happens. You know, you seem to really have, you know, excitement around going out. I'm not going to keep you much more. I appreciate you giving up your time. Especially when you are, you know, running around trying to get everything sorted, get bags packed and the whole lot. I am just going to ask you before you leave, just because it is, in the news, it's on everybody's lips at the minute. What is your opinion on the two-tier system for someone that would have played and would be playing with Sligo if you weren't leaving? What's your view on the two-tier championship system? Yeah, no, I, I think it was absolutely needed and it's it's absolutely brilliant. I think just from playing, I suppose, last year and then playing underage, I ha- there is a big gap between the top dogs and then the bottom of the Division 4, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's great that... I all, all I ever kind of wanted growing up was winning all Ireland, and now it gives lads a chance that mightn't have ever got the chance to to compete for that now, which is absolutely brilliant. And I just think it's fantastic. And it gives it gives clubs that are kind of not clubs, sorry, counties that are kind of are kind of giving up a bit and thinking, sure, we'll never get there. And now it gives them something to really, really aim for and really push hard for because realistically, um, an all Ireland for a team like say Sligo at the moment or or the likes of Wexford or them like. And All Ireland at the moment is not realistic. You know, you start in your year now, and maybe maybe not this year for Sligo, but starting uh, maybe a two or three year process now where they're kind of like, look, lads, there is an All Ireland here. If if we put in work over the next year or two, two or three years, if we get the lads pushing through, it'll like, at least it's something to aim for now. You know what I mean? I know Connacht's there for aim for a league title, there for aim for, but. Uh, and all Ireland is just it's just the it's what you want all your life it's all you want growing up so now it gives lads an opportunity to to go for that and something they might have never got to do so it's absolutely brilliant I'm I'm absolutely delighted with it and it'd be typical now that it'd come in when I'm heading off for two years <laughs> I think, and I, I knew what, when I was writing this when I was thinking of this question I like this is one lad because I know you from now this is one lad that probably would have been like okay this is what we're going for now we have something that yeah get our teeth into yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely yeah no it's yeah no I completely agree with you something that you can actually aim for over a, a certain period of time you know over if you build it for two or three years it's something you can really really go for you know yeah and I think which is brilliant the fact that now any team over a three even five year period for some of the even lower teams in Division Four it's still a realistic goal of a five-year plan to get in to an All-Ireland final, as you said. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah definitely. This yeah. On. Luke, the, genuinely mean the best of luck when you get over there. I really hope you hit the ground running and everything goes well for you. 
you enjoy it and you get yeah, absolutely there for the work that you have to put in you know over the last couple of years it's not just been over the last couple of yeah. years so thanks a million no yeah and best of luck oh no absolutely no problem at all it's a pleasure thanks very much for cheers thank you thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast if you want to find out more information about my mindset for performance programs where I help you take your performance to the next level by working with you to put a plan in place. We look at goal setting, identifying key milestones and targets, obstacles that may occur, accountability, and overall help you build your confidence. Head over to my Instagram page at Killian Brady or KB underscore performance underscore coaching for more information. Until next time, keep moving forward.